Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Mondays in March on Primetime will be all about NFTs or non fungible tokens. You've probably heard of them in pop culture over the last year and a half. Artists, athletes, celebrities, brands, and even your next door neighbor's nephew probably digitizing everything and finding ways to create value. But is this the next evolution in art? Or is this a scam? Or NFTs, NFTs, that is much more than that. In this four-part series, the folks at Raja and Tan and I will be, uh, will be talking every Monday this month to talk about NFTs and what they are, what opportunities they hold, and what are the risks and pitfalls. And can and should non-fungible tokens be regulated? Today, we start with the basics, and we are glad to be joined by Mr. Rajesh Srinivasan, the head of technology, media, and communications at Raja and Tan, I, alongside Ben Chong, who's also a partner at Raja and Tan, to help us uh, walk through the basics of NFTs and perhaps talk more about the wide world of opportunities and risks. Rajesh and Ben, glad to have you focus, folks on the show. Thanks. Pleased to be here. Let's start with the basics then, this Rajesh. Let's define what an NFT is for our listeners. Yeah, sure, JP. So this is the million dollar question. What are we talking about? So when we speak about non-fungible tokens, NFTs, I think three keywords there are, well, two actually, non-fungible and tokens. So let me start with tokens first. Well, if you go to an arcade, for example, uh, these days, you know, you've got these uh, digital cards, you go to the counter, you give them $10 and they give you a card. And the card says it has 20 tokens or 30 tokens. And for each token or a few tokens, you can play a game. But what you've done there basically is you've taken money, given it to an exchange and obtained these tokens which you can use for a specific purpose, i.e. playing games in the arcade. So that's what tokenization is all about. And when we talk about non-fungible tokens, that's where the magic comes in. These tokens are unique. They are scarce. They are intended to apply to a specific product, a specific service, a specific good. Uh, and that's the difference between a non-fungible token and a fungible token. A fungible token would be things like currency, right? You can take a dollar note, you can give it across and get uh, five 20 cent coins. Both of them will have exact same value. A non-fungible token cannot be exchanged in that way. It is indivisible. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the core differences between traditional currency and tokens and what tokens are used for. So in, to extend that analogy a little bit, if I may, in the context of the arcade, you can use it for a single purpose to play games in the arcade. It is scarce because once you finish, you have to go back and top up your card again with more tokens to use for that specific purpose. So there's scarcity involved. All of these things add to the value of the tokens. So those are some of the core issues and we expand on them as we move along. So you talked about them being uh, scarce, and also very unique. Uh, and you say that they're different from other things that are fungible or can be traded for value, like currencies. Help us understand then if that also means that NFTs are different from cryptocurrencies, because sometimes we interchange yep. NFTs or non-fungible tokens with the likes of the Bitcoins, the Ethereums, for instance, in the world. So here's the, the three key letters that you need to remember. First, NFT. And we talk about currencies, the magic tree letters are DPT, digital payment tokens. That's really the generic term used today for these virtual currencies, right? The term virtual currency is slowly going out of favor because, you know, these are tokens at the end of the day as well. So the proper term to use when we're talking about virtual currency would actually be digital payment tokens. And the key differentiation there is just as I mentioned before, 
when you need something like a currency, you need what is known as divisibility. You need to be able to take one Bitcoin, break it down to 0.1, Bitcoins, and to use it for smaller value and higher value transactions. That sort of divisibility is unnecessary in the context of an NFT, because the NFT tokens are specific purpose. They're intended for a specific asset class, unique, scarce, and indivisible. There's no need to break it down into smaller components. So that is the key difference between data, uh, uh, digital payment tokens and NFTs. Okay, so in some sense, you're using cryptocurrencies to exchange value so you can make transactions, whereas NFTs in themselves stand on their own, can't really use them as a way, means of exchanging value, but they themselves can potentially have value as well. Is, is, am I kind of on the right track? Absolutely correct. JP, you're an expert already. So uh, that, that's <laughs> I the don't key go that thing. far, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the, the key issue. You hit it right on the nail, which is that scarcity, that uniqueness is where NFT derives their value from. Mm-hmm. So you can straight away see there's a key differentiation between DPTs, digital payment tokens, and NFTs. NFTs value comes from the uniqueness, comes from the scarcity, comes from the fact that it's attached to a particular asset class. That's Rajesh Srinivasan, Head of Technology, Media and Communications at Raja and Tan. I'd like to bring in Ben Chong now, partner at Raja and Tan, to build on this. We often see NFTs as collectibles, reputations of art, trying to find ways to create value with some of these collectibles. But why is that so? And is it much more than that? It's definitely one of the functions of NFT, but it's definitely much more than that. You can create an NFT out of anything. The most popular right now is your digital art. You can even uh, create an NFT out of a, of a tweet. You can create NFT out of a piece of music. Um, you can create NFT out of real estate, for example. That's one of the underlying uses of NFTs. So it's definitely right now being used to denote a token which identifies with a particular asset. But it's definitely wider than that. Here's the thing. We talk about it being a unique standalone uh, thing, these NFTs. What makes them so unique? Yeah, maybe I'll chip in uh, briefly on that. Um, It's all about the underlying technology, which is called blockchain. Blockchain technology is uh, one of the modern technologies that's going to change the world. It's the bedrock on which the metaverse, for example, is being built. And cryptocurrencies, if I'm not mistaken? Absolutely. And and cryptocurrency will become the, in a sense, you know, the currency of the metaverse, while NFTs will become the property representations in the metaverse. Blockchain itself is very secure because, you know, uh, the nature of blockchain technology, it's based on a, a principle of high degree of security, a distributed model underlying blockchain technology, which means that copies of every transaction that's made is stored in multiple places. So unlike a bank where you can break into a bank and try and change the bank ledger to, you know, from 100,000 to a million dollars and say, well, now I have a million dollars in my account. If that transaction is stored on a blockchain, you have to, just to use an example, break into a hundred banks records and change all those records just to change a single record. So that sort of security, that diversity and distributed model makes blockchain technology very secure. This goes to the basics of blockchain. It's not just NFTs in itself. If you look at the blockchain technology, that's why it makes it so secure. It's very difficult to change an entry in one of the blocks in the chain. And therefore, it's much more difficult to sort of have a forgery or have an imitation or make a fake transaction because of that. Does it happen though? Are there people who attempt to try and forge NFTs and are there easier to say spot these quote unquote fakes or is this pretty much unheard of at the stage? 
I think it's very difficult to forge NFTs because of the use of the blockchain technology. Mm -hmm. Maybe we are concerned about is forging a piece of digital art of making um, infringement of the IP that is based on the underlying asset that the NFT is based on. So let's talk about uh, the difference between an NFT and an underlying asset. And uh, sometimes NFTs can be used to securitize a certain underlying asset. I tend to see a relationship between NFTs and their underlying assets similar to say what an asset and its derivative are, um, where the NFT I kind of see is at its derivative and that underlying asset that it claims to represent either in the metaverse or physically as the asset itself. Am I close it's analogous to that, I would say. So owning an NFT of the underlying asset does not mean you own the asset or you even have any rights in the asset. So for example, when you mint an NFT out of a piece of digital art, you don't own the copyright in the digital art. You don't even have a license to use the digital art, whether it's for commercial purposes or even for your own social media avatar, for example. What you own is actually the rights in that NFT. Just because you own that NFT doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want with that digital art. You cannot sell that piece of digital art. You cannot use that piece of digital art um, on its own without the original copyright owner's permission. So uh, basically, you, the rights you have or the permissions you have to do something with relation to the underlying asset are limited. Yep, that's correct. So it also depends on the type of NFTs that you are dealing with and the terms and conditions. So for example, if the NFT just says you just have the rights in the NFT, you have no underlying rights in the underlying digital asset, then that's all you're going to get. But if um, the NFT comes with certain rights, so for example, you have certain rights in the digital art itself, and when you sell the NFT, you can actually sell the sort of your rights in the digital art. That's also possible as well. Let me just yeah, take an example here. Let's say someone creates an NFT on a pair of collectible sneakers, for instance. The NFT doesn't mean that I own and can do whatever I want to the sneakers. But what can I do with that NFT, hypothetically speaking? You can sell it. You can trade it. And therefore, the value comes in the selling and trading on an NFT. You can also sort of put it to use in the metaverse as well. That's all the limited right. You can't actually say, okay, this is a piece of digital art. I'm going to sell that piece of digital art and make a million dollars out of it. So it seems like the NFT itself has its own unique value and that it's anchored on the underlying asset, but its unique value is not equivalent to the underlying asset. My question now is, is there a difference between an NFT's value and the underlying asset it represents? And can the value of an NFT be greater than its underlying asset in, a, in theory? Well, there is a difference between the value of the underlying asset as well as NFTs. As to whether it can be greater, there is a possibility. If there is a lot of demand for the NFT and less for that piece of underlying asset, then yes, there is that possibility. There's some real life examples that we may want to, to chat about very briefly, of course. Uh, and, and the one that, that's in the media today is about the Birkin handbag, the NFT versions, which are called Meta Birkins. To your point, uh, JP, Meta Birkins cost more than the Birkin handbags themselves. <laughs> Which Why is that the case? I, 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 I guess we're trying, we're trying to uh, better understand how this market for NFTs works. So people are willing to pay more for a digital representation or a token of an actual Birkin handbag than the Birkin mm -hmm. handbag itself. Is there something problematic about this where something, a token of something real actually costs more than the real asset itself. I think it's because of the nature of that particular NFT. So for example, it's created by a very famous artist. 
mm-hmm. right, digital artist. And then it's definitely more rare than an actual Birkin. But as you can see, back to the, the discussion about how the NFT can have a difference from the underlying piece of art and also rights in intellectual property, MS actually sued the creator of the digital Birkin for copyright infringement mm-hmm. because they said you have no right to make an NFT out of the design of the MS bag. So just because you create a digital art and you create an NFT doesn't mean you own the right of that Birkin bag altogether yeah. and even in the real world. I, I might be jumping the gun here, folks, but uh, given you, you're both uh, lawyers, is this something that NFT creators have to uh, be mindful of, that you might need permission to create an NFT of something? Is it problematic to perhaps try and find ways to regulate or create legal precedents about how to do that? I think you definite, as with any piece of digital art or any piece of original work, you need to be mindful of the traditional copyright law that's already in place for the last hundreds of years. So it is considered copyright infringement if you substantially reproduce or if you publish or you've actually broadcast a copyrighted piece of material without the permission of the author. Right. So in any event, when you create a digital art, you need to be sure, for example, that you do not copy somebody else's um, artwork. You do not copy somebody else's design. That is a concern that relates to all sorts of art and copyrighted work, regardless of whether it's physical art or digital art. The laws of intellectual property do not change, nor do they bend just because we are talking about you know, NFTs or the metaverse. If we can tag on to that as well, I think, you know, if you look at it from a meta standpoint, why do NFTs exist and how can we leverage NFTs properly? Low-hanging fruit is what people are trying to do today, which is to copy pre-existing intellectual property, right? Pre-existing handbags, goods, uh, famous people, etc. that we can all relate to. But the true beauty and the true power of NFT is uniqueness. And I think, you know, for artists out there, this is a fantastic opportunity because it allows you to now showcase your own art pieces and make it available to the marketplace in a scarce, unique digital format and to be able to monetize it. And I think that, that that's going to be really the future, which is you can sell your traditional intellectual property rights and now you can create an, a secondary layer which will sit on top of it. And that's why my advice always to people who are seeking to copy or forge is, guys, you're only using 50% of the value of this technology on the digital asset side. But if you create unique IP and try to promote that unique IP using NFTs, you then create two layers of value instead of just one. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.